Yeah, I, I proposed <laughs> over a month ago. We still haven't told him. <laughs> because you forgot to ask for permission. <laughs> I don't ask for permission. I ask for forgiveness. <laughs> Forgive me for marrying your daughter. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, Welcome to been... a new edition of Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Did you still want to talk? No, I have nothing. I have nothing else to say. I'll be calming. Welcome to a new edition of We Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, the podcast where one of us is getting married. (laughs) (laughs) And the other one's getting broken up with. Which will only be decided by the scores at the end of this season. (laughs) We will not marry each other because that ruins the sportsmanship of the game. We've become too close. This is nothing but a longing, lustful, rife with sexual tension relationship that can never be cut. A real will they, won't they. We're coming in hot this episode because we are talking about two of the biggest movies ever made. (laughs) Flaybon! It's clobbering time. Three times he says it. Uh, this is the podcast where one of us is quizzed on a movie they haven't seen. I am your co-host, Ethan, and this is your other co-host, Wes. <laughs> the energy just goes way down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring it down now. <laughs> Let's bring it down. Let's make it nice and intimate. This is the sexual tension I was talking about before. <laughs> First, let's do a quick sync. Three, two, one. And now let's talk about we have to talk about the scores. Uh, listen, it's been a long time. They're getting a little volatile. We need to talk about the scores. <laughs> you need to clear some air. I realize it's become a point of contention for a lot of our audience since we've been gone for a week. There's no way to check our scores online. I'll never publish them. It's too annoying to update constantly. You just have to listen to the episode again. And honestly, do people care? The answer is unknown because we haven't gotten a single review for three months. <laughs> and no one talks to me about the show. Why did Rigoletto say last night that he remembered? Oh, that we still have talking... a podcast? I was telling him, he was asking Takara and I what we were eating for dinner, and Takara was eating pizza, and I was like, oh, I had popcorn for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, oh, I re- if you're an OG fan, you remember the <laughs> Popcorn Wars. If you listen to the episodes before the audio is halfway decent, you remember the Popcorn Wars. <laughs> All right. So I am going over Ethan's quiz of Fantastic Four 1994 unreleased. Sure seems like it should remain unreleased based on the video quality on YouTube. (laughs) I was concerned for a little while that I was watching a fan-made movie and not a real one. (laughs) It's because I think it got leaked and then it was just like recorded on VHS to VHS Mm. and distributed that way. So... I, I, when I was watching the documentary on the making of this movie, it's still an open question whether Marvel still even has the original reel. <laughs> <laughs> this may be the only copy that still exists. <laughs> and if they copyright strike it from YouTube, it'll be gone forever. <laughs> so, open-ended questions... There were five points available. I gave you a point and a half. I don't even remember what the questions were, but okay, so I understand. I was it was how the 
Fantastic Four get their powers, which I do want to talk about. <laughs> no, it's not how, it's why do why? each Fantastic right. Four members have And I do want to talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> you were under the impression that it was because it was some object related to, like, their powers. As it is in the version from 2001. <laughs> yes. But in this one, it has something to do with their least attractive personal qualities. They Okay, so it all holds up, kind of, until yes. we get to Ben. When, he, when Reed goes up to him and says, you're always using your strength when all you need is your mind. Clearly, strength was what he perceived to be his best quality. And yet you're saying they're elevating the most negative qualities? Reed, first... Also, I just want to say, anytime I do an impression of Reed, I'm probably giving it a bit more emotionality (laughs) and diction than the actor playing Reed Richards in this movie. I think the other one that doesn't hold up well is Johnny being hot-headed. Oh yeah, his temper. We're always talking about his temper that we don't see. He's just constantly coked out (laughs) all the time. He is the least interesting character of the four and also gets like the least amount of screen time. But the most lines. (laughs) With how coked out he is, he should have turned into Snowflame, my favorite (laughs) cocaine-powered supervillain. The only points you got were from how does Dr. Doom get his powers? I give you a half a point for exposing himself to radiation. That's pretty much what happens. He doesn't fuse with the machine or is jealous of anyone's powers. It's a freak accident, but he's exposed to radiation. It's a freak accident. He disappears, comes back. Don't know how any any of this new country shit happened to him, but it sure is <laughs> happening. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite point is when they're flying at the end in their jet that they somehow have, and <laughs> <laughs> they're they're like in this, like almost like Tibetan mountains, <laughs> <laughs> Himalayan country. That they within flying distance of New York. <laughs> yeah, easy. The distance between Latveria and New York is. <laughs> Short. <laughs> I want to do my best uh, Victor Von Doom getting shot by lightning. Uh, audience, this is a condensed version. He does scream for approximately <laughs> five to six minutes straight before he gets stopped. But it's a lot of... Okay, here is my first opinion about this movie. The actor playing Victor Von Doom, best actor in the entire movie. He was told to go for it, and he went for it. He was told to go for it as Victor, which is crazy. Like, the first line he has, he sounds so evil already. (laughs) And once he's in the Doctor Doom outfit, like, his hand gestures are just so crazy. Everything he says has to have a hand gesture that it's almost like his own sign language. I actually wrote the note, (laughs) Doctor Doom in this movie speaks ESL, (laughs) evil sign language. (laughs) It's so good. And this is a fun behind-the-scenes note that Kira looked up while we were watching the movie. Uh, Apparently, the producers didn't want to pay for ADR. <laughs> so that's why that's why Doom and Thing sound like shit the whole time. Because yeah. they're just screaming from behind their masks. Yeah, and you could tell, even without that trivia, you could just tell. Because there's so many times, especially with Doom, where you can't, you, you miss some lines. <laughs> you can't understand what's being said. He has a huge villainous monologue at the end, and I'm like, I don't know what he is <laughs> saying. And this is on YouTube. There's no way to get subtitles. And you know what? Uh, kudos to the actor for realizing that hand gestures would be useful. <laughs> Truly the only way to understand intention behind anything that was going on. Uh, the Bowman's treasure is a crystal. It's not a crystal. 
it's not a crystal because the first time he says the word treasure, he's looking at, what is her name, Angela something? Oh, okay. It's either, you could say the crystal or the woman, but you didn't get either right. You said family doubloons or bones. What is, (laughs) what is a crush or a, a lusty desire, if not family, not yet incorporated into your brood. To all the middle schoolers listening to us who have a, a school crush, they are not. They're your member. family. <laughs> they're your family. They're family. Fast and the Furious would say they're your family. Ethan Jesse, co-host of We Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, says they're your family. <laughs> If you have a crush, they might as well be your sister. <laughs> or your daughter, in the case of Reed Richards. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, and of course, what object is everyone trying to get? The fakest ass looking crystal. So fake looking that they got, they ordered two by mail <laughs> the production company. <laughs> And the decoy looks exactly the same, because they are the same. <laughs> it's a perfect decoy. <laughs> I like him. The perfect decoy. <laughs> um, multiple choice. You got zero points <laughs> on multiple choice. Do you remember uh, what the first line is that the thing screams when he realizes he's transformed? Yeah, he says, Reed, what did you do to me? What have you done? What have you done? <laughs> Needs more upper lip movement. He's all horse gums. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they use that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tech, but only on his upper lip and eyebrow. I would I would like to see the thing eat off a tree like a horse. <laughs> I want to see him eat a Krabby Patty like Squidward. <laughs> what montage do we see in this movie? Said we would see Mr. Fantastic calculating, but it is in fact it's a sad thing montage. Yeah, the thing brooding. <laughs> Every Fantastic Four movie has to have a sad thing montage. It's always amazing because he always gets a new costume and it's always great. <laughs> For some reason, in two of the three movies with brooding, he's wearing a, uh, oh, what do you call him? A fedora and a trench coat? Yeah, trench From coat, Men's yeah. Big and Tall? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it wasn't until I saw him wearing the big cloak over him where I remembered that part from 2001 <laughs> Fantastic Four. And I was like, oh, that part's so funny. <laughs> when he's like standing underneath that streetlight looking up at his, <laughs> his ex. No shirt, trench coat, fedora yeah. on top of his head. Michael Chiklis seeing his wife cheating on him. <laughs> what did the bold people do when they first go to kidnap the sculptor? Do you remember this? Uh, you said they smell her. No, they smell her later. <laughs> they <pull. laughs> I said, watch her, not smell her. Pick a hand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do love that bit a lot. <laughs> they poke her. They, they just her. circle around her and they just poke this blind woman. <laughs> Is this after they come in on the first floor of her, like, apartment, and then we see them climb up to the second floor so they can rappel down on curtains and surround her? (laughs) How does the thing's love interest greet him for the first time? You fell for the red meat. He tries to squeeze his butt. It's exactly what it always is when Ben meets his love interest in any Fantastic Four piece of media. She touches his face. Yes. I want to say that they stole the whole uh, Lionel Richie's Hello music video. (laughs) I don't remember that. I've never seen that music video for one, but I also don't know what scene you're talking about. So the whole fact that there's a blind sculptor who finally recognizes Ben because she touches his face. Yeah, The music video for Lionel Richie's Hello is an art professor, Lionel Richie, singing about how much he longs for one of his students who's blind and doesn't 
see him. But then <laughs> we see throughout the music video her working on a, a sculpt sculpture of someone's face, and then eventually we realize it's Lionel Richie's. Yeah, that's fully her arc in this movie. <laughs> is a Lionel Richie music video. Yes. Um, you also got the extra credit wrong. Do you remember how the thing responds while she's touching his face? He doesn't really do anything. First of all, I have... Oh, no, I he take... does. <laughs> he... I don't remember. It's He breathes so heavily. He goes... Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the way that Ben is just picking people up in this movie... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seems like way more people should have a problem with it. He is lifting women with abandon. <laughs> um, and then finally, this is the one where I'm open to debate. What is the presumed age gap between Reed and Sue? You said okay. seven and nine. I'm saying ten to thirteen. <laughs> Honestly, I don't mind missing this point. The age gap between them is far too vast for it to be okay in any regard. And honestly, age gaps, they're problematic in their own right. The relationship they have over the course of their lives is grooming. (laughs) Like, yes. They visit a boarding house that only has two children in it. Every day after their graduate school. (laughs) Yes, it is grooming. And it makes, it never makes any sense why they come to pick Johnny and Sue up and say, hey, we're taking you to space. You're the best people. (laughs) You know more about this project than we do. (laughs) Ben says, a guy who I'm still not sure why he was involved with the project. He's not a scientist. He, uh, he saved Victor Von Doom. True or false? Did he? (laughs) (laughs) True or false, you got two points. Uh, the ones you got right? (laughs) The Fantastic Four is silent when their, their life forces are being drained. You said false. Do you remember the only Fantastic Four Only Sue screams? and sometimes Johnny <laughs> are Sue screaming. screaming. <laughs> and then it cuts to a shot of Reed just looking at her like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> oh, I forgot to shout out the child actress of sue storm uh-huh uh because she is also in adam's family values oh. as little racist white girl and she does a very good job congrats to her she's doing big things the other one you got right um dr doom's hand is sentient <laughs> is it sentient because he could be controlling it with his techno powers that they don't really go into. I. It doesn't make sense. It just seems like he's wearing armor. Mm-hmm. He well purposefully. Well, hold on. Let's, let's think go. about it this way. Maybe his hands are literally doing the talking, <laughs> and that's why he uses so much sign language. But for those of you what who if, are well, what never if the seen... Latverians who kidnapped him <laughs> gave him psychic hands that control his mind now? For those who never plan on seeing this movie, um, which I don't know why that would be the case. So we'll go into that later. But um, at the end of this movie, Dr. Doom is hanging off a ledge. Mr. Fantastic stretches down to grab his hand, and Dr. Doom lets go. (laughs) And uh, Mr. Fantastic still has his gauntlet, and then we have a very ominous zoom in on the gauntlet that's left on the ledge as it wraps its fingers on the ledge. (laughs) The next villain will be just Dr. Doom's hand. 
But the ones you got wrong, Sue Storm never uses her powers to kill, just mainly hijinks. She uses the same thing multiple times. <laughs> I want to make it clear that the Invisible Woman does not become intangible when she can't be seen. This movie would like you to believe that to be the case, though. <laughs> also, we all know that the Invisible Woman can use, like, force fields and stuff. Mm-hmm. She kind of just throws one up in this movie with no preamble. Yes. Just towards the end as well. She just knows she has this power and she was just holding out. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one, the two remaining ones I want to talk about, only love will remove the thing's rough exterior. <laughs> why did that happen? <laughs> I was trying to pay attention to why that happened. And I, I could not for the life of me figure out. One minute he was angry, and then he sees that woman get taken away, and then he just turns back into the other guy. It, It's almost as if Reed is completely wrong, and the reason why <laughs> Ben has a rough exterior is because he doesn't... He puts up too many walls. Once why he's vulnerable. Uh, but finally, what I know you desperately want to talk about, you said we would never see Human Torch in full Human Torch mode. <laughs> Folks, do yourself a favor. <laughs> if you're not going to watch this movie, at the very least, I beg of you, watch the last 10 minutes. <laughs> They are a ride unlike anything you have ever seen in your life. You've never seen a JPEG human torch get rotated by a green laser while music swells and you cannot hear him scream, but he most certainly is. It the is, part where yeah. he goes flame on and he holds his arms into the air. Yeah, and then, and then he it slowly pixelates down as he becomes the JPEG of the human dart. Like a cartoon that's getting angry. <laughs> Not even an angry cartoon. A visual effect that I learned to do in Windows Movie Maker in in middle school. Oh, it's it's good. It's good, but it's also not even the best part of the movie. Oh, I'm interested to know what you think the best part is. Because it is immediately followed by a horrible smash cut to a wedding. <laughs> yes. Yes. Where we see... And uh, honestly, the human torch looks bad. There's one special effect in this movie that looks worse. <laughs> And that is Reed Richards' arms. <laughs> There's a smash cut. This is why you watch the last 10 minutes. There's a smash cut to Reed and Sue getting married. First, disgusting. Second, <laughs> they get into their uh, limo to drive away. The moonroof opens, and you see a pool noodle with a glove on it start wiggling back and forth. Truly rivals the ending of Mac and Me, where Max bubblegum Bubble. <laughs> goes up and says, "We'll be back." I fully expected his arm to turn into the phrase "We'll be back." <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, we moved to the screen grab. I gave you two points just for saying this is near the end of the movie and properly <laughs> identifying that's that Dr. Doom. <laughs> and for focusing on the hand as well. We never see him use and those nails. <laughs> the needles. Dr. Doom's famous needles. <laughs> so, so far... Uh, okay. Hold on, can I can I get a, a great line that comes out near that screenshot? Yeah. That's for trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, some bonus questions. Now that you've seen the movie. 
What does young Sue Storm say about Reed in their first scene together? What does she say about him? Yeah, she says it to Johnny and her mother. She loves him or something? She says, he's dreamy. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Who comes up with the name Fantastic Four? A, Sue, B, Johnny, C, the examination doctor, or D, Mama Storm? Mama Storm, <laughs> who we never see again. <laughs> Look at you four. You're the Fantastic, the Fantastic. Four. <laughs> right before they go into space <laughs> and blow up. <laughs> blow up and die, they never see her again. She's not at the wedding. Uh, true I or false? Oh, that's a good point. She, We don't see her. <laughs> Maybe it's a sign of her disapproval. <laughs> that they didn't tell her. Yeah, I mean, first of all, she shouldn't approve. Second, she's probably upset with them because they didn't tell her that they were okay. And the newspaper said they all died. <laughs> they were planning a memorial statue for these four. <laughs> Everyone thought they were dead. Finally, true or false, Reed only ever stretches his arms. Ah, false. We see him stretch his leg in the (laughs) life sucks sequence. The most creative. This looks so bad. There's these rays of light that are supposed to freeze them. But he's somehow able to scoot his foot, and then we Out. see it stretch up, <laughs> and then and we see this completely flat shot of the gun shooting the life laser, and then just a cartoonish foot <laughs> kick it, and it spins around. <laughs> the reason I think that Reed's effects look the worst is... Gave me very specific Mr. Meaties vibes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I have your final score, but Ethan, before we reveal that, would you watch this movie again? <laughs> okay. I, I want to talk to people about how I watch this movie now. <laughs> okay. Which is that uh, this movie is approximately like an hour and 30 minutes long, I think. Yeah, a little less, actually. <laughs> I watched the first hour and ten minutes of this movie. (laughs) Then I had to stop. And then I watched the DCOM Spin, which came out last (laughs) year. Which is a very good movie, and I do recommend it. It doesn't feel like a DCOM, it just feels like a movie, and it's a good one. Okay. Uh, So I was watching a shit movie for about an hour. (laughs) Watched a good movie. Completed that movie. Went back to watch the final 10 minutes of Fantastic Four 1994, which I think are the most insane piece of media ever filmed and edited, never to be released. Yes. Yes, I would recommend watching it in exactly this style. Watch it in chunks. It's crazy. Especially the first part, because so much is happening, but nothing is happening on screen. They saved their budget all for the end. And that they soundtrack. did not do a good job. And the dude, the soundtrack of this movie is actually very good. It's a little rivals, Jurassic Parky. Yeah, yeah, it rivals Jurassic Park. I made fun of the 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 guys' names who did the score because I was like, "Oh, music by the Worst Brothers." The last name is Worst W U R S T. Uh, and then the music kicks in at the start. I was like, holy shit, this is good. <laughs> Truly the only thing that propels you through the movie, because it's not the dialogue. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would probably rewatch this movie at some point. Watching it twice within the span of a year is a little much, but <laughs> I would definitely, next time that I have, like, a group of friends together and we just want to, like, shoot the shit and watch a shitty movie, I'd be like, y'all, 
You gotta see Fantastic Four 1994. <laughs> this is the perfect movie to talk over. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's free on YouTube yeah. for now. Uh-huh. Until Disney Plus claims it is their own. And then also never publishes it on the service. I would love for it to get, like, a big advertisement. Like, we finally got this. Like, how they uh, are co-opting the Netflix MCU shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We finally got the Fantastic Four back. But honestly, when the new Fantastic Four movie comes out, there I feel like this movie does deserve to finally just be released on Disney+. Plus. I watched the documentary on this, and there are so many people who put in as much energy and, like, like they committed to this. And, like, even Stan Lee showed up on set several times to review it. So, like, he he was consulting on the movie. And I feel like it deserves to be released just for, like, the, the people who made it at the very least. That's, I think, where you and I disagree. This movie sucks so much shit. Had it ever been released? Like, this movie never should have been released. Maybe now, sure. But, like... <laughs> well, I agree. Like, it's it's not... It, if it had been released, it should have been straight to VHS. But... <laughs> in the very farthest limited, corner yeah. of the store. Put it in the adult section. Um, But, like... It, at this point... When we release the new Fantastic Four movie, like, people are going to look at the old ones, just like they did with the Spider-Man movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it would be the perfect time to be like, hey, watch this, like, weird little movie that was actually never released. And actually give it, like, I want to watch it without it being so pixelated. <laughs> <laughs> It's nothing is sharp. Kira, while we were watching it, she was like, this looks like it was from the 70s. And it does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to think that Star Wars came out before this movie <laughs> is crazy. Finally, Ethan, do you think this movie would have been improved with a larger budget? <laughs> yeah. This is the most difficult one to answer, I think. Yeah. I think this movie, no, I wanted it to have less money. If it had less money, I would enjoy it more. (laughs) They were already working with what appeared to be a shoestring budget. (laughs) (laughs) The costume. (laughs) The costumes look like morph suits with the head part cut off. And like a sticker slapped to the center of it. What would it look like with less money? That's what I want to know. It'd be like they they printed the the number on copier paper and then they put one single roll of tape in the dead center. And I'm saying that's what they look like now. Sue comes in so proud. Oh, one of the worst looking costumes I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. This movie would not have been improved. If this movie had a larger budget, we would have just gotten the 2006. We would have just gotten the 2006 Fantastic Four movie. Are you there? You said it would just be like the 2006 movie? Essentially, from my understanding of watching the documentary about the making of this movie, A, it was made to never be released. It was strictly in in keeping of 20th Century Fox to keep ownership of the IP. They just had Mm -hmm. to make one, even if it was never released. And from my understanding they also made the 2006 one on a time crunch as well but mm. they also put more money into it and they brought a lot of the same production people back as well mm. i believe the guy who's playing thing in this movie like in the suit way better yes <laughs> almost instantaneous <laughs> okay so 
I think. Oh, what was I even fucking saying? The someone, the thing, the guy who played the thing in the suit being in the 2006 Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're the same actor, the the suit actors at least. Why did the why in this movie when the thing was in the suit, was he just a worse actor in every single way than when he wasn't? Because I know you think that Victor was the best actor in the movie, but I, I want to say that genuinely I do think that the guy playing Ben was doing a very good job as well. He's like one of the only other people I could watch. Yeah. Um, but when he was in the suit, fucking awful. <laughs> Not as bad as Johnny. Johnny was very much the worst. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, this movie is all camp. I'm pretty sure the guy who directed it was, oh, who directed it? I'm pretty sure he had a background in making like B-list horror movies. And it shows. And but honestly, if you're gonna get someone who's gonna get the biggest bang for your buck, yeah, right. Someone who makes B B horror movies is gonna do that for you. Yeah. Oh, I also have to get this out of my system, and I need to put it on recording. God, the the jeweler seems like the most anti-Semitic stereotype <laughs> of a character. Yeah, yeah. it's bad. <laughs> and his music too. It comes in with like. The horns, and I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> this is a great song. It doesn't work here. Uh, but so, Ethan, I will reveal your final score. Was it four points? <laughs> Seven and a half. You were at five and a half before your, your bonus questions at the very end. All right. Ooh, I'm so I'm so excited to see where this puts me. Honestly, honestly, fine. <laughs> All right. I ha- <laughs> yep. We'll, we'll, we'll reveal the totals at the end. <laughs> we'll be right back um, after a short break where Ethan will quiz me on what is surely to be a very challenging quiz just to spite me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not how this works. <laughs> that's how it always works. And we're back. We don't <laughs> need to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> this one is honestly fine. Like I, on, this one may be too easy. <laughs> Which is that a strategic choice? <laughs> um, maybe I've been over here trying to make you bust for the past three days. Well, I'm about to bust. <laughs> All right, we're talking Mega Mind, the DreamWorks flop. Dropping some opinions right away. <laughs> I I have a lot of feelings about this movie, which we'll obviously get into next episode. We're just gonna do questions for now. Look, I'm not Shark Tale is not better. Shark Tale is awful. Shark Tale is the one of the worst movies ever made. It's this is not worse than Shark Tale. Yeah. Uh but Wes, what do you know about Mega Mind and why haven't you seen it? I haven't seen it because it came out roughly around a time that I was just not watching as many animated movies. It was like towards the end of, it was like when I was in middle school, beginning of high school. And, uh, when you grow up. Yeah. When I, when you're really at your peak, (laughs) (laughs) when you're at your smartest, it's all downhill from there. Um, so what do I know about it? Megamind's a villain. He's a super villain. Uh, he's voiced by Will Ferrell. It, I get this movie mixed up so much with aliens versus monsters it's almost like they're they were advertised <laughs> as the same movie. <laughs> so I have to say that 
I really don't know. I'm I'm just gonna describe Despicable Me. So it's um hard left villain. turn. Different studio. <laughs> it's a super villain who's going to learn how to be a good guy. Um, he's still gonna have some evil inclinations, but there's going to be people that he teams up with that lead him towards the good. Um, mainly because there is an existential threat that is truly evil, more evil than him. He's going to be like a haphazard villain. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's a supposed genius, he can never truly invent anything that's worth its weight in gold. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll take that. Open-ended question number two. What is Megamind's history with Metro Man? How far back do they go? Their history is, I'm willing to bet they're like arch nemeses. Uh, And they have been for quite some time. And, you know, I'm going to say it uh, is similar to... Again, because I really can't think of anything original for this movie. It's going to be similar to like a Batman in the sense that they're they they really want to be close friends. They want to they want acknowledgement. They want that intimacy. But I'm guessing Metro Man doesn't really care about it. Okay. Open ended number three. What causes Megamind to break up with his minion, Minion. I'm gonna say Minion decides to team up with someone better, probably someone who appreciates him um, and offers him more opportunities, better pay too, probably. Okay. Uh, And then the final open-ended question. What's the difference between a villain and and a supervillain, as declared by Megamind. Uh, I'm going to say powers. Powers or their ability to threaten the entire Earth. Okay. Cool. Moving on. Let's get into multiple choice. Let's get deep in it. What is being opened... In Metro Man's honor. A. A school. B. A park. C. A museum. Or D. A hospital. Ooh, I'm going to say museum. Just the makes Metro me Man think of Museum? Scooby Doo 2. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Multiple choice number two. What gives Megamind new purpose in life? After a big tragedy. A. Creating a new hero. B. Enslaving humanity. C. Making his own big statue. Or D. Reviving Metro Man. I'm going to say enslaving all of humanity. You think Megamind loves slavery? <laughs> I think... I think so. I think that, And they play it off like it's... <laughs> Uh, it's no big deal. The way I talk about slavery isn't as bad as the way <laughs> <laughs> that, that you know, there's, it's different contexts. <laughs> He's from a different time. He's a time traveler. <laughs> he comes from the future. It's a post-capitalist kind of slavery. <laughs> Next multiple choice question. Which Jor-El is referenced in this movie? In case the audience doesn't know, Jor-El, of course, is Superman's father. Why are you saying which? (laughs) Great question, which is why I'm asking it. Is it A, Terrence stamps Jor-El from Smallville? B, Russell Crowe's (laughs) Jor-El from Man of Steel? C, Nelson Lay's Jor-El from the 1948 Superman movie series? Or D, 
Marlon Brando's Jor-El from the earlier Superman movies trilogy? Um, I'm going to have to say Marlon Brando's. Any particular reason? It's Marlon Brando, of course. I feel like they have to reuse. <laughs> People love Brando. Sorry, there's a car alarm going on. It sounds like it's getting quieter and sadder, but not for, like, getting farther away because it's just dying. (laughs) Multiple choice number four. Where is Titan when Megamind is attacking the city? A. Playing video games at his apartment. B. On a date. C. Dead. Or D. The beach. Uh, I'm going to say, what was the first two? What were the first two? A is playing video games at his apartment, and B is on a date. Hmm. Those seem like the most likely because it feels kind of dreamworks-y. I'm going to say date. Okay. Titan's on a date. He's a sexy boy on a sexy date. You don't have to be sexy to be on a date. I think you do. (laughs) With me. (laughs) That's just because you're engaged. Yeah, it's going to take a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then finally, it's a pretty simple question. Mostly because I couldn't think of anything else and I had finished the movie. (laughs) What's the city's name that they live in? A. Cityville. B. Peoplesburg. C. Mansfield. Or D. Metro City. Metro City. You unlocked Ethan's bonus (laughs) question. How does Megamind pronounce it? Metrocity. Okay. Double up bonus question. Why is that important? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't see this curveball coming, did you? The most curveball, a double bonus question. (laughs) Uh. Because it sounds like atrocity. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Keep that in mind when you're watching this movie. It's a thinker. (laughs) This movie sounds like a thinker. It's a big thinker. Speaking of big thinker, true or false question number one, Megamind learns (laughs) ACAB. Ah, sure. Let's say, yeah. You've unlocked another bonus (laughs) question. The movie says ACAB. True or false? False. Like, literally, or, like, think metaphorically? Uh, or Megamind, Megamind literally movie symbolically. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say false. Okay. If it does, fa- it stumbles into it. <laughs> True or false? Like The Mask, this movie also has an incel superhero. Yes. Unintentionally. True or false, Megamind gets harassed by supervillains from a nearby city. Yeah. I'm going to say that's true. True or false, this movie only uses one licensed song. False. You had to ponder that one. I'm like, this is the same studio as Shrek. I feel like all they do is use licensed music. I thought love was only true in fairy tales. True or false, Metro Man's secret base is in an Arctic ice castle. Uh, sure. And the final true or false question, someone says, This city needs you. I need you. False. Isn't that from... Is that the line that's said at the 
Isn't that Lego Batman's line? I think so. If I had to guess, it's in a lot of superhero movies. <laughs> okay, then let me get you a screenshot, baby. Get it out of the way. Oh, okay, now I recognize this guy. Um, this is the park that Metro Man is having dedicated to him i'm guessing okay either way he's in a park he's pounding around with uh people of metro city um just showing off that he's not even just a superhero fighting crime he's also just like a a community leader oh i'm suddenly distracted by all the fiddling uh, gifts at the bottom of my screen. Um, <laughs> the what gifts? Fiddling. Oh yeah, <laughs> there are there are a lot of those in our chat, folks, <laughs> and they are fast. <laughs> I'm willing to bet this is towards the beginning of the movie. This is where we're learning about who Metro Man is. Um, who is he voiced by? I'm just gonna say J.K. Simmons. This looks like a character J.K. Simmons would be. Recruited to voice for. Mm-hmm. There appear to be some people chasing pigeons. <laughs> Not sure what that's about. I don't think there's really much else for me to say about this. I'll give you one more. I'll give you. I'll give you one more. How do, how's Metro Man feeling in this situation? In this scene. Um. Good. I think he's probably feeling proud, egotistical. Okay. Okay, cool. Then that is it for the Mega Mind quiz. Please join us next week when we uh, review Wes's score and also do a season wrap up. Mm. I have to start talking to people to guest on next season, and I'm putting that here so that I remember to do it. <laughs> Let's try and get Andrea or Takara. Yeah. You've been listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> to the game show, we ain't seen nothing yet. The current score is to TBD next week. Follow us on Twitter at We Ain't Seen It. On Twitter, you can follow Ethan at Powerful Goose and on Letterboxd at Eggies. And you can follow me at Baby Wesley on either platform. And remember, time to hit the change. <laughs> Yeah, hit it! Bye. Bye.